Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You are listening to SLP Coffee Talk. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, and I am a licensed speech-language pathologist who is in the trenches working full-time in a public school in New York. I am the author of the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, Speech Time Fun, where I love helping other SLPs conquer the overwhelm and get back hours spent on prepping activities. I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be and have fun while doing it. Just like your morning cup of coffee, this podcast is just what you need to start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. I am here today to share one of my I wouldn't call my favorite, favorite topic, but it's a pretty interesting topic in my eyes. And I'm hoping at the end of this episode, you will find it pretty interesting as well. And we're going to talk about background knowledge or schema. And the reason we're going to be talking about it is because it is an area that we can assist our students with, that we have that flexibility. We don't have a curriculum map to follow and have to get to the next thing. We can always stop and build our students' background knowledge. And the reason that is is because there's tons of evidence that shows that skilled readers use background knowledge to comprehend, to use context clues and build vocabulary, and all those different comprehension-type goals. Okay, so there's tons and tons of evidence to support why it is so important to have background knowledge. I mean, let's be real. To work on inferencing, what is like a good formula Facts from the text plus background knowledge equals an inference. So that alone is just an example of how we need to use background knowledge to build our comprehensions and to be able to take things that are explicit and also understand things that are implicit. It makes it explicit. So how do we assess whether our students have the background knowledge of something? So what I'd like to do is pre-literacy type activities. So say I'm taking a storybook. Say I'm going to do a video. Say I want to do anything. Before I start, I like to assess what my students know. It doesn't need to be a formal assessment. It can be simple as, hey, we're going to read a, say I'm going to use the storybook Balloons on Broadway. It's a really great book about the Macy's Day Parade. And I'm going to say, hey, we're going to read this book about Balloons on Broadway. Have you heard about the Macy's Day Parade? Something as simple as tapping into that and having your students be able to tell you what they know or say, I've never heard of that. 
And if they do know it, let's see how much they can share. Is it just that they've heard of it? Can they express it? Can they give some details? Can they maybe use the expanding expression tool and tell you that, and all the different descriptors of the Macy's Day Parade? I like to sometimes do friend, acquaintance, stranger. So, hey, are you a friend with the Macy's Day Parade acquaintance? Have you heard of it but don't know enough? Or is it stranger, like you've never seen it before? You can do a KWL chart, know, want to know, learned. So you can do a graphic organizer and say, hey, let's fill in all the things we know. Say they do know about it. And you can tap into all the things they know. Then they can think about, hmm, what are some things I don't know that I might learn in this text? And then once you read about the book, they can fill out the learned. But say you're doing all these different things and you might be shocked to find out, hey, they've really never seen the Macy's Day Parade. I will tell you, probably 90% of my students don't watch the parade. So when I mentioned the, the parade, like I have to fill in those gaps because they're not going to be able to comprehend the story if they don't have that background knowledge to help them visualize and have that vocabulary in their repertoire. So what do I do? I go to my best friend, Google or YouTube, and I can find a YouTube video or find some photos on Google images of some previous Macy's Day parades. We might watch some videos of it. We might see an, an interview on a news channel of, about them blowing up the balloons the night before. All those different things that I might present to my students to build that background knowledge, take them there. Say we might be doing a story on the zoo and they've never been to the zoo. I might do a virtual field trip about us going to the zoo and seeing all the different exhibits to build their background knowledge and experience knowledge. And they can feel as if they are there. What else can you do? You can tell stories about when you were doing these different things. If you've had experiences and seen some things, you can show them photos of you at Disneyland or whatever kind of thing you're presenting to them that might assist their understanding and building some more familiarity Right, We want to go from stranger to at least acquaintance with some of these topics. And then hopefully after you read a story or a text, and by the end, they might be a little bit more familiar. They might not ever get to friend or best friend mode if they've never been or done any of those things. I've never snowboarded before. Yes, I might, I'm an acquaintance. I've seen other people do it, but I've never experienced it myself. So we can't assume our students know anything. We can't assume they've seen something. We can't assume that they've heard other people talking about things before. And we can help them recognize their own, I don't want to call it a limitation, but being aware, self-reflecting on, hey, I don't have the knowledge of this. Where can I go to help me understand? Because we can only do what we can do in our therapy room. We want to teach them those strategies so that when they go home and are reading an article for their ELA teacher, and they go, hmm, I've never heard of this civil rights movement. Well, they can go to Google and YouTube and maybe find some kid-appropriate videos and things like that, whatever it might be. So we want to teach them some compensatory strategies and things that they can do to help them build that background knowledge of themselves when we're not around. Okay, so what are some things we can teach our students to self-reflect when they come to an informational text or something? Even It could even be in a fictional text, like a situation or place that the character has been. If they've never been in that situation, they're not going to have that experience in their understanding. There's an article that teaches students to think about, hmm, is this something in this text, something I've seen? Have I heard of this before? Have I read it before? Or is this something that's unusual to me? And helping them have that self-reflection time. So is this something that sounds familiar? Have I heard of this before? Is this something unusual or unexpected? And then what can they do? So again, these are different strategies. We can give them that self-talk. We can prompt them to do the KWL 
You can think about friend, acquaintance, stranger. And again, just helping them recognize when there's something in front of them that they don't understand and to not just skip over it because it's going to impact their ability to comprehend the text, comprehend the concept, whatever they're learning. It could be even a video. And we need them to have that background knowledge to be able to get the gist, get the main idea, be able to retell in their own words, and be able to answer higher level thinking questions, which are all those things that we practice in our speech room so they can be successful when they do these things in their classroom. There's tons of texts out there and videos. I love using Mystery Doug. It's another tool. MysteryDoug.com is a free website that has like six minute videos. So say you're reading an article on magic and your students have heard of magic. They've never actually seen a magician before. They've never actually seen a magic trick done in real life. They've heard about it, but they've never seen one done. Well, you can go to YouTube and find some magicians. But you could also pull up this factual video that's like six minutes long on Mystery Doug all about magic. Then you can tap in some vocabulary. You can also work on nonfiction summarizing and work on WH questions. You can do all those things indirectly, but also you're building that background knowledge. So when you take, for example, there is an article on readworks.org. I like pairing these two things together. So first I'll use the Mystery Doug video. And then in another session, we might read this. It's like a predicting article on readworks.org, which is all about like Simon the Magician, or I think it's called the Magician, but it's a kid's named Simon who gets a magic kit from his parents or grandparents, I think his parents, for his birthday. But it had a lot of missing pieces, uh, not missing, little little parts. And he was, he was so excited to sign up for the talent show to be a magician. But then when he saw the kit, he got scared and he procrastinated and didn't practice the tricks. And then he taught himself the easiest trick in the kit. And then he showed it to his grandmother. And his grandmother was like, yeah, you, I got this. You're going to be the greatest magician in the talent show. And then he never taught himself any other tricks. And the students had to guess, what do you think Simon did? Did he actually go perform in the talent show or did he quit? Did he drop out? And you had to use the background knowledge of what you know about, you know, magic tricks, that it's hard, that he thought it would probably be easier, but all those different things. And you can tie the two things together to make a nice cohesive unit on magic. But by talking about something over and over again, it really helps our students understand and build that background knowledge. That's why in my membership, SLP Elevate, it's a month-long bombardment of a topic. This way, if something they're not familiar with, like video games or whatever, they have a whole month to learn more and more about it. And I also use topics that majority of them have that background knowledge of. So that's why I, that's how my, my brain power in putting this together, that I'm giving you everything you need on one topic so you can really hone in on something that they probably have the background knowledge of. And if they don't, by the end of the month, they really truly will, so that you can work on all those different comprehension goals since they're becoming more and more familiar on a specific topic. So definitely go head on over to slpelevate.com to learn more about that membership and how you can get access to all of these high interest resources that also works on, like I said, building that background knowledge, but incorporating all those comprehension goals at the exact same time. So I have a joke for you. Of course. What part of the car is the laziest? The wheels. Because they are always tired. Until next week, everyone. Stay out of trouble. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. It means the world to me that you're tuning in each and every week and getting the jolt of inspiration you need. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode 
at my website, speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.